hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening, thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly brought to you by the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, twoblokestalkingtech.com. If you want to find us on Facebook, say good day and listen to the show there. And joining me, Trevor Long, each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Great to be here another week. Another week rolls by, more technology hits the world, and what we try and do in 30 minutes is bring you the best of that news in uh, one short spurt, so you've got it all, everything you need to know. So uh, while you were out swanning at the movies this evening, uh, <laughs> uh, which is a lovely thing to do with your wife, I will admit, my wife and I haven't done that in six years, uh, but that's child-related. Um, Aldi, uh, Aldi Mobile was not announced, it was just uh, revealed. So uh, yesterday, the, the website Osdroid, which is kind of an Android-focused uh, blog website, news website, um, speculated based on the latest uh, Aldi catalogue that Aldi were going to get into the mobile space. And um, they didn't really have much info, but they were pretty confident it was going to happen. But then they found the website it was going to be out, the ownership, the ownership link back to the, the Telstra wholesaler that, that Kogan uses, all this kind of stuff. Um, so a little bit of speculation there, but they didn't have pricing. So tonight uh, on, on A Current Affair, we, we, we grabbed the pricing, whacked it up on the old screen, and I've got it on EFTM.com.au at the moment. And basically, mate, it's... It's super competitive. It's not best pricing for unlimited, but it's really exciting for the for the prepaid um, low end, low user end. Um, interesting because you know Red Bull Mobile, Amazim, Kogan. There's your three three mobile networks covered with a low cost carrier. Now here's Aldi. You know, cheap supermarket coming into the market. Their offer is basically thirty five dollars a month for unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and Four gig of data, which is six dollars more than Kogan, a couple of bucks less than the other other guys, and less data than the other guys. But what they've also got, and this is the most important thing about the deal, I reckon, is especially for the Aldi customer. If you've ever been on Aldi stories, for people that don't use their phone much but need a phone to be contacted on, you can you can get an Aldi SIM, you can pay fifteen bucks or thirty bucks to top it up, and that credit lasts three hundred and sixty five days. And the calls and texts that you do make to, to whittle into that 15 or $30 are $0.12 cents a minute, $0.12 cents a text. That's a great deal That's for, for low-end low users. Absolutely. And I think uh, for Aldi customers, now Aldi, you've got to remember they're, they're like a cut price market. You can buy everything from groceries to plasma TVs in their stores and attractive to a wide range of customers. And I think at this particular low end that we've seen so much activity recently with Kogan, uh, with Maysim and Red Bull, as you mentioned, uh, that that the fact that the credit uh, when you top up lasts for three sixty five days, that's really attractive because let's face it, there's a lot of people that pay up front for their credit after thirty days, it's gone. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a really powerful feature there. Uh, and interestingly, though, it's, it is through Telstra 
just like uh, Kogan Mobile, and that unlimited $35 a month with four gig of data and unlimited everything, uh, that, that expires. That's a 30-day uh, expiry period mm. there, but that's going to put a bit of heat on. Not Kogan. Kogan's a little bit cheaper. You get you get uh, more data, and and it is a slightly cheaper. Mm. But I think it's going to put heat on other other people like Amazim, for example, yeah. who charge you forty dollars, nearly well thirty nine ninety five a month. Uh, give you, I think, the same amount of data uh, and unlimited, but on the Optus network. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking at uh, the they're going to be do, doing their sums and comparing network for network, uh, and especially with these added features of having that uh, that uh, that amount of credit lasting for a whole year. I think that's going to be attractive to a lot of people. Yeah, and Amazon will suffer in the in the pay as you go low end market as well because their expiry for credit is 90 days. So, um, and I I have this feeling that Telstra have. Um, I don't know if they've they've misread this whole market or whether this is just a smart move to just concentrate on 4G, churn new customers into 4G, get good money out of them because this is the thing. 4G is very exclusive. You can't get that on these low-cost carriers. Well, Telstra have it, don't they? That's their own product that they keep to themselves. That, that's right. Now, what's what's interesting here is is that um, they're, they're basically walking away from this low end. You know, They're walking away from the, from the mums, dads, and grandparents who just want a phone to be called on, which may be strategic on their part because maybe it's just too much customer maintenance. Maybe they prefer to lose 100,000 customers over, over the course of a year to Kogan and, and, and to Aldi yeah, but just so they don't have to deal with the customer. It, yeah. oh, no, I, I agree with that. I think that, that you, you're right that they obviously want to keep the premium product to themselves, which is 4G, uh, and, and the premium plans offering the high-end phones. This is a BYO plan, don't forget, so mm. you need to have a phone for this to, for you to work. But I think that Telstra are obviously still being paid through here, so they get a cut of this market that they rather that, that them selling it themselves at the low end, they've resold it onto Kogan and, and Aldi. They're still making money. Don't think that uh, Telstra are doing themselves out of anything. They're still making money here. Aldi and Kogan obviously making a little bit on top uh, for, for the resale. But um, it, it tells you strength, strength at both ends there with the 4G for those customers who want that speed, who want to be up to date with everything. And then again here at the entry level with these plans, uh, I think the, the big T is doing very well out of all of it. Yep, no, they're, they're smart. They don't have to deal with these customers. They just get the cut that they that they need. And uh, uh, full pricing and details, as I said, at eftm.com.au. And I'm sure Stephen Fennick at techguide.com.au will, will also write the story <laughs> and link heavily to the great work at you EFTM. You think I will? Yeah, I yeah. might. I'll give it some thought, Trevor. <laughs> and I'll see how and uh, it launches next week. Uh, I think it's called, I think it's the 6th of March. And um, Ali are also, I think from this weekend, selling a couple of mobile phones, a $20 old candy bar and a $199 uh, low-end Android phone. So you can walk out of Aldi with you know having spent 220 bucks and you've got yourself a, a mobile phone which will work for the next year if you only want to receive calls um, interesting stuff and uh, Aldi right in the game uh, it's it's a place that everyone seems to need to be if they're uh, if they're operating in the mobile space two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick well, as we speak uh, over in Barcelona, Barcelona. Uh, the Mobile World Congress, which is the, the big trade show for the mobile phone, the smartphones, and it used to be held in Cannes. I actually attended the last one in Cannes back in 2005 mm. and have been to two others. I think I went to 2006 and 2007 in Barcelona. Haven't been invited back since. Uh, hello out there. I'd love to go back there. But um, anyway, while, while uh, that was going on this year, there's been some interesting and announcements of obviously the, a great venue to uh, announce new product, especially for a smartphone. Now, let's start off with 
Huawei or Huawei, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, they've been fairly aggressive in the smartphone space. I really like their style. I think during CES, they launched the world's biggest smartphone, which has mm-hmm. had that was the Ascend Mate that had a 6.1-inch screen. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, during Mobile World Congress, they've now launched the world's fastest smartphone, the 4G oh. smartphone, uh, the Ascend P2, which has got a 4.7-inch screen, all the bells and whistles, but the thing that it's got under the hood is a, uh, a, a Cat 4 uh, processor or radio to give it uh, to give it that faster run on the networks, mm. and uh, so they, they've said they've claimed here that it can go up up to 150 megabits per second oh. uh, on certain networks, of course. But yeah. um, it is interesting move there, and, and, and they have said that it will be available here in Australia. Unsure whether it can go to those kind of speeds, but. I'd love to find out. Mm, we look forward to that one. What else? Uh, was Nokia did a fair bit too. Nokia, yeah, they announced the five twenty and the is it the not the seven twenty? There was a couple of uh, d- devices that they announced, like again, just basic Windows Phone eight devices. Eggs in uh, one um, basket, people. Eggs in one yeah, basket. You know, well, they're uh, they're, they're they're doing pretty well with with the, the Windows Phone platform. I think like, late last year they even though they had a loss for the year, their, their last quarter they actually made a profit. So uh, it, it, things look up for them because the the devices are actually quite competitive in the market people who are you think of all the number of Nokia customers coming off uh, their say a two year contract with the N97 or whatever they've had and they want to stick with the brand I don't think they're going to have any kind of inkling whether they want an iPhone straight away Android I think they're happier sticking with Nokia rather than an operating system. Yep. Yeah, and if a lot you, of customers we, are going to pick up that way. We, we've discussed this before. You know, that's where they have the advantage in BlackBerry too. If people haven't used a smartphone and therefore they haven't built a loyalty, they're open to anything, and and you will certainly love any of the smartphones. Uh, that's what's great about it. If you haven't used one, um, just before you you go on, I'll just tell a, a really interesting anecdote. I was talking to a bloke who. Uh, a senior business leader who I know loves his tech, so kind of likes to sample stuff. And he went, no, nah, I'm, I'm leaving the iPhone. He went and got a Samsung. Well, the other day, pulled out his phone and went, you've gone back to the iPhone. He's gone, yep, did it today. And I went, tell me why. Now, this is really interesting, Steve. He, a couple of really simple things that in the phone, but let's not worry about those. The one that stood out to me was on the Android phone, because he's got a password lock, a lot of companies enforce a password lock. Yes. Um, he can't see a preview of his messages. So when someone texts him in a meeting, it just appears on the screen on an iPhone, no matter whether you've unlocked the phone or not. Whereas on Android, nothing appears, and you've got to actually enter your passcode to be able to see the message. It's a really simple thing, and this shows someone that was in the ecosystem of Apple and learnt something, so they learnt about that feature, and it didn't exist in Android, so they've gone straight back to Apple. Hello, I think Google with Android are looking at a way to get around that now. They might want to uh, include that feature, although can't you just sweep down from the top of the screen in the lock screen and still see no. unread stuff and, no. and access your settings? You've got to unlock the device, don't That's you? That's it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Anyway. yeah. Well, there are a lot of switches. I think this, year, this is going to be the year of the switcher. There's going to be a lot of people moving systems away from iPhone, maybe Android to iPhone. There's going to be so much product out there, especially in the next couple of months. A lot of these smartphones, we've spoken about already, the HTC One, the Optimus G's coming out from LG next month, Xperia Z we've already spoken about. There's just going to be a wealth of smartphones out there Mm. that people are going to be tempted. And and let me tell you, the HTC One is probably one of the most impressive smartphones I've seen. There's going to be a lot of people, iPhone owners included, Looking at that one really seriously, it's got some excellent new features. Uh, we'll uh, hopefully get a review unit over uh, very shortly. But the Nokia models that were released as the Lumia 720, the Lumia 520, 
Um, again, Windows phones, 720's got a 4.3-inch screen. The 520 sort of aimed at that entry level again, which they seem to have a lot of a very popular segment for Nokia's, that entry-level phone. Mm. A lot of power, a lot of features at a reasonable price, uh, yeah. outright prices. Another thing Nokia did too was introduce a new brand. Do you remember before they used to have Nokia Drive, Nokia Maps, and Nokia Music? They've changed all that. It's now here maps, here drive, here everything, H-E-R-E. <laughs> so total rebranding there from Nokia. Uh, the other thing that came out of the uh, Mobile World Congress is what we're going to chat about a little bit later, a couple of tablets too, a tablet from HP and also the Sony Xperia tablet, which we're going to get to. Barcelona is where it's all at, and uh, Stephen's got some of the some of the great news from uh, the Mobile World Congress at techguide.com.au, and uh, that's where you can go to find Stephen's uh, podcast, the Tech Guide podcast. Podcast each and every week uh, at techguide.com.au. And you just alluded to the to the tablets, and uh, we'll talk about Sony later. But let's just look at HP. This was really interesting because you know HP the the most. If you said HP tablet to any geek or, or, or tech <laughs> person, they'll basically say, "Yep, uh, announced, uh, cut price, and shelved." Because that's what happened not long ago. Yeah, yeah, it's, 2011. I remember it well. I think we were at the press conference together, sitting down, right. looking at that, mm. and thinking, "Yeah, this isn't bad." And I reviewed it, and a lot of other people reviewed it. Very positive reviews. It had its own operating system. Remember WebOS, Web which has actually been just bought by LG. LG for their TVs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I thought it was very promising, and, and I thought in my review, I said it was it was a lot better than many of the Android, the plain Android devices out there. But mm-hmm. week later, boom, the axe fell, and it was gone. But um, uh, from uh, the Mobile World Congress, we've heard that they're back in the Android space with the Slate Seven, which I, I quite like. What do you think? It's it's really aggressively priced, one ninety nine. That's uh, going to be very attractive. Well, it's this whole mini tablet again, isn't it? It's a seven inch range. It's uh, it's a nice looking unit. I still think that most of the Android seven inch tablets have have got too thick an edge around the, the screen, but that's just a stupid aesthetic thing. That it looks I, a lot like the Nexus, don't you reckon? It does look a heap like a Nexus, but it's got a nice um, you know silver back to it. And you know HP, I've got the HP Elite. Pad 900, which is, uh, you know, about a $1,000 or $900 Windows 8 tablet. And, you know, in terms of build quality, you know, HP know how to do it, yeah? So they're building really nice things. So it will be... Um, I mean, I'm holding this Elite Pad at the moment. I just, I do think the quality of the build, the buttons, everything is excellent, and I think that's what we'll see with this device. So I think, with respect to the, some great products like the Nexus Seven and all those it's different things, by a Zeus, by the it, way, it's still, to be honest, the Nexus Seven to me does feel a little bit cheaper. Um, than, than when you have this metal, you know, this aluminium yeah, feel. It's made of stainless steel. I makes a like. huge difference, yeah, I think. Um, so um, I think HP have got a, got a potential here. And you've got to remember, this Android market is a, is a portion of the tablet market. And frankly, everyone's got to be in there. Because if you're not in the Android space, if you're not in the tablet space, you're not making money. Now, this is right. And uh, the, the HP version of their tablet, the Slate 7, uh, has got 8 gig internal memory. It's also got a micro SD slot, so it's expandable. It's also got a micro USB as well, so you can uh, you can connect it and transfer files off the off the uh, the tablet. Also, it's also got built-in e-printing. That's a thing that a lot of people ask about. How do I print off my tablet? Unless yeah. you've got the right printer, the right uh, uh, AirPlay, the right compatibility, it's very difficult. But HP have come along. With uh, this print, print straight off the device with a special app. It's also got interestingly too. It's got Beats Audio, which is usually found on HTC smartphones. Mm. HP must have wrapped up that contract for the tablet market 
it's the first tablet I've seen with uh, with Beats Audio on it as well. I'm not a fan of all that additional stuff that you really can't tell exists unless you're some sort of audiophile. But uh, uh, your your ears, oh, they must have work. Oh, it does work. It's great. Oh, I'm sure it works, but the average <laughs> Jay doesn't really need it. But it's a point of difference, and that's what's crucial. I yeah. think when you're marketing something, that's what they need. So a good move by HP, a nice little announcement, and hopefully a really nice device, and it's at a good price point. Uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And interestingly, if you go to netgear.com.au right now and you go click on the home section, you'll notice that there's a cashback offer. Purchase an eligible high-performance dual-band gigabit router from Netgear and you'll receive up to $50 cash back via redemption on a Netgear Visa card. So your, your Wi-Fi router, your dual band gigabit router, 50 bucks cash back. The uh, couple of other ones there, $30 cash back. There's some really nice stuff going on there. Um, valid um, for purchase up until the end of March. So uh, check that out when you're shopping for a modem, router, whatever it might be. Have a look at the range and consider Netgear products because you might just be able to get some cash back. And also... If you're really looking for the best, uh, the Netgear D6300, which is an 802.11ac modem with the fastest Wi-Fi available, plus a little USB adapter, you can win one of those. If you go to techguide.com.au, click on the tab in the top right-hand corner and get into the Facebook and everything, and Stephen's got a router and, and a dongle to give away, so you can have the best and the, and the fastest Wi-Fi in your home easily and you can do that at techguide.com.au two blokes talking tech is brought to you by netgear at netgear.com.au it it feels like forever ago actually it is because we're recording a day late here my apologies and and it was literally a week ago that play sony announced uh, the playstation 4 yay um really what it looks like yeah like (laughs) what a heckle i would have loved to have been there because i would have heckled but it was the longest press conference in the history of press conferences i've seen that oh you being escorted out in a headlock by sony security that would have been really great (laughs) and my career ending uh (laughs) but it was a really long press conference running through it's like if you imagine two hours you followed the stream i followed the stream everyone followed the stream it was wanted to see this thing it was crazy but if you imagine an apple press conference which most people can do you know uh, tim cook talking product shown and then some cool demos done for like two minutes three minutes of a, of a graphics or something they'd spend five ten twenty minutes talking about these graphics or the gameplay or the game or something talked about a lot of games talked about what was in the device the ps4 but didn't show us the device they showed us the controller controller we saw yeah it's, it's almost insanity but uh, maybe it's a good strategy because xbox is still to come maybe they really haven't finished it and they want they want to leave themselves open there they showed um, the games of course plenty of games on and, and you know what uh, just to, to break it down basically the ps4 as obviously expected is heaps smarter it's a it's a smarter machine it's got better it's got processing power processor yeah, and cool. the graphics they demonstrated you know sometimes it's funny i put uh, call of duty in when, when it first came out and i played it and i thought They've got all these movie scenes where you're watching the character in, in his hospital or home, whatever it is, and, and you just go, it doesn't even look real. What are you doing, people? And then you realize that's because the, the machine's not capable of making it look real. It's not capable of rendering it to look real. Yeah. And the PS4 is capable of rendering Pixar movies, basically. So this is going to be really exciting for the graphics community in I games. I can't agree. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get hold of this. I'm a, I'm a big PlayStation fan, and um, I, I, too, was following every word of this uh, this stream last week and, and ticking off all the new features and getting really excited about being able to share video sharing, streaming, using the PS Vita as a second screen, mm. remote play, all of those features, and the games that look terrific. 
but not seeing it was disappointing, but I was reading some interesting feedback, though. There were a lot of people up in arms, you know. We didn't hmm. see the device, and it was just bizarre that they've held this, held this big event and, and, and uh, teased it for so long, and then went on the day, not, nothing to be seen. But someone, uh, a couple of people commented saying, does it really matter what it looks like? No, well, it's as true. As it performs, it provides those graphics and that kind of gameplay. It's not like you're going to carry it around in public. It doesn't really matter what it looks like in the, at the end of the day. No, and and I think I think you're right. It's just a weird thing to do to release a product and not show it. That's that's why it's getting that 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 review or going on and people talking about it that way. And you know, I am curious because I got to be honest, I actually really hate the current PlayStation design. It, it would be much you, better. I'm the slim one. Both of them. I've hated the PS3 all along because I, it, it's just not a box. I know it doesn't look attractive to be a box, but lots yeah. of people's home setups would benefit from a box, you know. And I, you've got the PlayStation. It always has to be on top when I'd prefer maybe put something else. I've got it in my man cave here. The PlayStation has to be stood up because you can't. I can't put a little tee box on top of it because it's a round edge. I don't exactly, know. It's, yeah. it's hard to rest up on top of that thing. It's just a bit silly. But anyway, I, that's, that's what the PS4 is going to have a flat top, maybe. You I hope know. so. What? One thing, though, another disappointment for me is the fact that the PS4, and Sony confirmed this during the press conference, will not be able to play PS3 games mm-hmm. natively. Yeah, that's which crazy. Which I thought was bizarre. It's like the like, first it, thing you do is make it simply backwards compliant. Absolutely. So anyone who's got a library of PS3 games, they better better hang on to their old PS3 because until they release some kind of, uh, some kind of update for it to be backwards compatible... I found that to be really strange, despite the fact it's still going to have an optical drive that'll have it'll play Blu-ray and mm-hmm. DVD, but it won't play the old games. I thought that was really strange. Well, and what was good was the confirmation that it would play um, second-hand games. I don't know how they were ever going to get around that, but there was rumours that, that the whole second-hand trade that EB Games benefits from, you know, you take your game in when you finished it or don't like it anymore and you get, you know, a couple of bucks off the next game. There was rumours that the PS4 wouldn't play those, you know, secondhand games. But I think it's probably those rumours were probably really bad Chinese whispers. And in the end, it was <laughs> it was the fact that it can't play PS3 games that was yeah. that was the real thing. Yeah. Anyway, so, and hopefully we'll get it at the same time as the US. They're saying holiday 2013, which is we're assuming Christmas. I'm going to go on holidays next week. See if it comes out. <laughs> when the PS3 came out. Uh, the U.S. and Japan, I think, got it in November in 2006. We had to wait till March 2007 to get our hands on it. Unbelievable. Well, uh, you can read all about the PS4 except for any pictures uh, at techguide.com.au, Stephen's website that brings you all the latest technology news and information each and every day of the week when he feels up to writing something except the weekends because he does have a life outside of Tech Guide. Yeah, it's only that. <laughs> Well, let's move on to another tablet, Trevor. Uh, mm. We're going to talk about the same. Recently, we spoke about the Xperia Z smartphone, mm-hmm. which which I thought was one of the better products at CES this year. Yep. Sony have actually uh, they've used they've now used Mobile World Congress as a, another launch platform for their latest tablet, which uh, borrows very heavily from the Xperia Z design with the smartphone. Same kind of construction, same kind of square design. Uh, and also same waterproof capability too, which we'll discuss in uh, in a moment. Mm. But uh, this is the world's thinnest 10-inch tablet. It nice is looking thing too. 6.9 millimetres thick. It's actually thinner than the Xperia Z smartphone. I put them next to each other. Uh, I had a, a little preview of this device. There's a little video that I shot of uh, the Xperia Z tablet actually sitting in a bowl of water. 
playing a movie. So such a common this is waterproof. Such a common use case for tablets, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. How many times have people said to you? Well, not so much in the tablet side, but definitely on the smartphone side. Oh, I've wet my phone. What do I do? Uh, and and your answer is, well, buy a new phone. It's gone. But now I think the Xperia Z, once people see that you can pour a glass of water, we did this live on 2GB during my segment yesterday. Chris Smith grabbed the Xperia Z, pulled out the garbage bin under his desk and poured a glass of water over the phone on live radio and it worked fine. And uh, I think that is going to be a very, very attractive feature to people who may like to go fishing. They may like to go to the beach. They may like to go to the pool. They like to talk on the toilet a lot. I don't know. They're going to not want to get this thing wet. So. Very attractive to those customers. Xperia Z, 10.1-inch screen. It's got a 1920 by, uh, I think it's a 1920 by 2000 resolution screen. Uh, So it's greater than HD. So it's better, more resolution than the TV in your lounge room. And and you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Uh, a quick one before your favourite product of the decade. Um, uh, you interviewed a bloke for the Tech Guide podcast this week, uh, Andrew Dowling, who uh, created uh, an app, a social app, a social network, essentially, for the senior population, which is actually bloody brilliant. It's called Tapestry. Uh, excellent app on the Android because on Android it actually takes over the entire user interface and gives you a really simple to use uh, interface for the device whereas on iOS it's it's just an app that launches but it's still pretty easy but really yeah. simple big buttons uh, to get access to basic things like weather or the web browser or your applications and email and photo albums and sharing it's it's a really nice idea it is good, it, and it is a really excellent way to keep, you know, grandma, grandpa, your parents uh, in in the loop with, with with all your activities on social on social networks. Now, rather than them having to follow you on five or six different networks, the kids here, the parents there, whatever, Tapestry allows all that to be funneled into one place. So mm. the son might set it up, you know, get all the people, everyone on their side of the family's uh, Facebook details, Instagram, Twitter, feed it all into Tapestry, present grandma with the with the with the uh, Tapestry on a tap. And then all they need to do is just tap on the Tapestry app on the iPhone or it takes over the entire Android tablet. They'll see uh, pictures as they come in from Facebook. They can even comment, like them. They'll see messages, access the internet. There's even a little weather widget because often uh, the grandma might not even be living in the same city or the same country. The family might be scattered across the world so that she can see or he can see the weather around the world. Andrew Dowling, he's an Australian entrepreneur who he got the idea for this when he sort of found about the, the plight of some seniors where a lot of them fall into a deep depression. They don't, they don't have any contact with their family. He thought this is a great way to keep them in touch uh, and to keep them out of sort of depression's clutches. The, he did reveal of startling uh, uh, statistic to say that the highest suicide rate in men is uh, men over 80. Uh, a lot, a lot of old men who get depressed and, and, and commit suicide. So he, he thought, well, creating a product like this, keep everyone in touch, keep them uh, engaged in what's yep. happening within Fantastic. the family. And I think uh, it's a great idea. And I've, I've written a full story and interview on my podcast and story on Tech Guide. Love it. Techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Trevor, before I continue to talk about this product that I've discovered, I have to correct myself. On the Sony tablet, the resolution is 1920 by 1200, not 2000. So I did overstep overstep the mark slightly in the resolution. Still better than HD. 
It is. Let's move on, though. A new product called the Myo, M-Y-O. Now, this is probably one of the more impressive devices that I've seen, and I've put a video on my story on Tech Guide. Basically, what it is, it's a strap that you wear on your forearm. It has proprietary sensors that can read electrical impulses from the muscles in your arm. In other words, it can detect the slightest movement in your finger, your hand, and your arm, and then relate that information as a gesture command to a computer or a device that you're controlling. Now, you know I'm a mad Star Wars fan. This gives you the power of the Force. You can control devices like a Jedi with a wave of the arm. You might be able to wave along a, a browser the web just by flicking your finger. A, a twist of twining your finger might control the volume. Mm. A snap of your fingers might open up iTunes. Little things like that that are demonstrated in the video. I think some incredible technology there, and I think it's going to be a great way for people to interact with their products, kind of Minority Report style, you know, like Tom Cruise did in that. It film. is a bit full on, isn't it? Yeah, wow. It's incredible, and that and that is uh, there, there's a really great video that I've embedded from Maya themselves that explain how it works and some of the uses that you can be, be uh, can be found with it. Yeah, it is very cool. M-Y-O. It's the Myo. Uh, it's one of those things that I'd like to think is a complete G-up, but the video doesn't really say better that. You better know? not be, mate. I've just pre-ordered one, so better not be a G-up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So if it's true and it really works, I mean, I just can't wait to see it in action, uh, reading your muscles, because it's not just reading, you know, um, G-forces and acceleration. It's reading the muscles. So there interesting stuff. motion sensors in it as well. Yep. It's 149 US to pre-order, which uh, uh, for what it can do, that's not a bad price to pay. And you can check out that video uh, on Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Right, yeah, let's wrap this puppy up with the most important part of the show, the last bit, the, the minute reviews. And you've got a couple of fun ones for us today, mate. Firstly, a toothbrush. Yes, start the clock. The Emmy Dent 6 from Germany. Now, this is an electric toothbrush with a difference. It uses ultrasound to clean your teeth. Rather than that high action, very fast brush movement, very abrasive on your teeth, this actually use ultrasound to loosen the dirt, keep your teeth clean, and also your gums clean. So you think about it. When I first started using it, I thought, this thing isn't doing anything. But then I realized, I read the instructions, you need to brush for about five minutes for the ultrasound to really take effect. Even though you're not getting a high-speed brushing action, you're still feeling it you, know, you moving in your mouth. But it's the ultrasound that's doing all the heavy lifting. And then that's it. That you think about that with someone who's got braces or dentures or crowns or a veneer. They don't want to have this, this high-speed brush on, on those. So they, this is the Emmy Dent 6 can work really well. So to give you that thorough clean but with uh, le- less abrasive and uh, a, lot, uh, a lot gentler. What it does, it also comes with a special toothpaste called Nano Bubble Toothpaste that's got no abrasive article particles inside uh, in the, tooth, uh, the toothpaste. So it provides a total thorough yet gentle clean. A- I'm getting, that's, uh, you've gone way <laughs> over time on the toothbrush, mate. Seriously. Oh, I mean, so- it's a toothbrush. Well, the only thing I want to tell you, it's $235. Jesus. Not cheap. But it, uh, it comes with two brush heads, the toothbrush itself, the toothpaste, and uh, the only t- toothbrush in the world with ultrasonic built-in. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig. Because I am super hip and down with things, I know totally what One Direction is. It doesn't mean <laughs> One Direction headphones doesn't mean you can only walk forward to listen to them. That's band-related. Start the clock. 
That is, yeah. I'm doing this review for my daughter, Hayley. She's a huge One Direction fan. Her bedroom wall is just plastered full of One Direction posters. She wants to marry Louie. That's her favorite band member. I gave her these headphones for Christmas. There are two sets of headphones with uh, One Direction. There's the over-the-ear headphones, and there's also the in-ear headphones. Now, with the over-the-ear, the interesting thing, now, they're only $39.95, so don't expect a Bose-like experience. But what I like about these is that they're, they've got what they call snap caps, so you can actually customize customize the headphones so you might put your favorite band members cap on the outside of your headphones so your friends can see all the different band members and you can chop and change them as much as you want the in-ear headphones also have 1d which is short for one direction trevor on the outside too so even though they're inside your ear your friends can see that you got one direction headphones and they're only 29.95 so uh 39.95 for the headphones 29.95 for the in-ear headphones a small price to pay to show your love for one direction and you've made that one like seriously that is your best one minute review ever that's that's. I think that's literally been one minute. That's for my daughter Haley. She loves those headphones. Good honour. Great stuff and all available to read about at techguide.com.au. That's a wrap, episode 103. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. As I said, twoblokestalkingtech.com, the place to go to uh, uh, find us on Facebook and listen to the episodes as well as at iTunes. And you can read and hear Stephen's work at techguide.com.au and mine at yourtechlife.com. Thanks, mate. Talk to you next week. No worries. See you then. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.